most people that are at a higher and higher level, they want to ask less and less questions or they feel like they should ask less and less questions. And I think that truly successful people are asking the questions. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Greg Martin. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks, Todd. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. Uh, Greg is an investment banker, angel investor, entrepreneur, regular host of a career podcast about the world of work and business. Um, And what he, his day job involves advising corporate clients, business owners uh, as they pursue growth and and exiting and, and all that kind of fun stuff. So Greg, with that said, give our listeners just a little bit more kind of about what you're, you're doing. Um, you know, both with your podcast uh, and we can dive deeper into the podcast, but just give us the high level view of that. And, uh, and then what you do, um, you know, day to day. Yeah. So my day job, I work for a boutique investment bank, but we're advisors focused on uh, predominantly M&A. So it's, you know, the most typical situation is a, um, you know, someone has built a business, it may be over 10 years, maybe over a lifetime or, or generations, and they have reached the point of exit and they come to us and they want to sell. So we're the ones that uh, that help them do that and run them through that process. And so, um, you know, I've done that for the majority of my career. Um, what was interesting, though, was I, I did take a break from it. I've, I, I wanted to, after having spending so much time with a lot of these founders, entrepreneurs, wanted to see what it was like myself. And so I actually left for a couple of years and had um, invested and then it got more and more involved in this kind of food and uh, restaurant catering business. And uh, the pandemic absolutely killed us. It was a, you know, an office catering, a very office focused type of business. That was our core customer. And we just, I mean, it was, it became incredibly challenging with the pandemic yeah. to continue. And I found myself coming back into the world of investment banking shortly thereafter. That was a different, totally different perspective, but it's kind of given me this chance, I think, to see both both sides and and just learn a lot about it. And, and in that, I, I, in, in through that whole journey, I created the podcast because you know I do think it's a, it's hard. It's hard to know what you want to do with your life, with your. Uh, it's called lifetime at work, and it's really just all about what we spend our time doing and how you know fulfilling and how we how we sort of make the time count. I think when we when we work so 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 many hours in a day. Well, let's talk a little bit about the podcast, uh, lifetime at work. Um, yeah, obviously like when you think about it, how much, whether you're a business owner or work for somebody else, it doesn't matter. You're spending a lot of time at work. And quite frankly, if you're a business owner, you're probably spending a little bit more time right. at work. Um, so, uh, talk, talk about that. Like, you know, how, what do you, when you're talking to people, what do you, what do you, like, what do you, what's the theme and what are you seeing different um, that maybe the happier, successful, uh, whatever you want to call it, people are, are doing differently? It's weird because I think we're really, we're not educated super well when we go to sort of even high school or university and college. Yeah. We're just not on what it takes, like what what is out there? What is the actual world of work? And I think that's yeah. what happens. You sort of end up in there and you realize like, you start learning stuff about yourself, right? When you start, when you get a job, you realize I need a job. I need money. I need to, I need to be doing something and, and pay for my life. But 
you know, what is it? And am I getting that much out of it? And I think, you know, a hundred years ago, you, you didn't have a lot of flexibility, a lot of options, a lot of different right, right, types right. of jobs you could do, but now it's unbelievable. Like now there are just so many different types of jobs. And I don't think it's hard to even conceptualize like what we, what we can do, what we should do, where we are trying to go. And I, and I'm not saying that there's any necessary way to, to do that, but I've, I've interviewed a lot of people on my podcast and, you know, there's these common themes that sort of come out, I think in, in terms of their just, I think being happy, enjoying what they're doing in a lot of ways, because a lot of people have, I think they go through crises. I did that myself where you, you sort of, you're working in a job, you think you're trying to get something out of it. You're trying to get ahead. You're trying to get a promotion. You're trying to get more money, whatever. And then you realize like you get that and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm not any happier than I thought I was going to be so happy all of a sudden. And yeah. I'm not. And that's the interesting part, I think, about it is is sort of what makes us happy. And it's hard, you know, it, well, I, I could come here and I could say there's one trick and here's what it is and now you do it. It's a bit more complicated than that. We're all different and there's different things that we really like. It can be the people. It can be the the motivation around, you know, money and advancing. It can be, um, you know, doing, doing good in the world, like feeling like you have some impact that you're making. But, you know, my take on it in a lot of cases is that, you know, people make mistakes. Um, you, you get into a certain role, you, you're never going to know what the perfect job is. You just kind of have to start. And as you do that, you'll learn more and more about yourself. And I think you do have to go on a path towards, okay, well, what, you know, what can I do? Where can I put myself in a situation where I'm, you know, I'm challenging myself, but I'm also learning more about myself to be able to yeah, get, you know, get in that field, do the things that I, I do like doing. And, um, and yeah, it, 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 it honestly, it's hard. And that's, you know, hence, I talk to lots of people about it all the time, you know, in the podcast. And again, it's, it, it's complicated. Yeah. I mean, how do you like, that's the, I think back in like high school and when you're deciding what you're going to do for the rest of your life, right? You're, you're 17, 18 years old. It's like, yeah, right. I, first of all, I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow, uh, <laughs> but you want me to decide what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And then you get these, li the list of things that I can do. And by the way, like, it's not an all-encompassing list. It's like quarter of the thing, not even a quarter, like a fraction of the things you can actually do for the rest of your life. And you're supposed to pick this, and you're, then you got to got to go to college for four years, and then got to do that for the rest of your life. I, 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 I'm a perfect example. I picked it. I, I was going to be a teacher, a uh, tech teacher, and uh, I went to college for four years, and then taught for really like three days and realized oh, I can't do this. <laughs> like yeah. this isn't this isn't the right fit for me. I taught for five years, four and a half, but it just it just didn't ever really click. But uh, how do you like how do you find the right fit? Now what, like, is there any things that steps or things that you've kind of learned through doing this podcast? I, I'd say there's there's one misconception, I would say a big one that is helpful early. And that is that you need to do something that you're interested in. And, and I actually don't like, you know, we were talking yeah. sports, say you really like hockey. Yes, you're probably going to be happy if you get a job for, you know, in the NHL in some way or another in the head <laughs> office or something like that. But there's very few jobs. And frankly, that's not what you need like that. Yeah it's a very narrow way of thinking about it. The, the thing that you you probably need or the, the, the way to probably think about it is more around skills. Like I like talking, I like math and, and like figuring out problem solving. I like, you know, and I can go on and on, but it's more of like, you know, where can I flex a skill that I have? The problem is that a lot of people, when you're coming out of school, you don't really feel like you have a lot of skills, right? Or you're 18 or maybe you're 16 trying to make these decisions. Yeah. You've you don't been really taught have a lot of skills. robotically, right? Like, you don't know. It's like, what am I good at? And you're like, I don't even really know. But I, what I would do, I start asking people that, you know, 
that yeah. your your parents, your friends, good, or whatever. Yeah. You know what? What am I? What do you think I'm good at? And it, you know, not not a loaded question, but just I think, and you can do this when you're eight, sixteen, but I would also do it if you're thirty um, mm. or forty, and say like, hey, what do you think I'm really good at? It does. It, it's incredible how confused you are in your head and how clear you know someone you ask your dad or something like that and he'll say like no no here's what you're good at and um don't ask them what you should do but just ask what you're good at and i think that's what you need like in a job you need to be good at it mm. you're gonna hate it if you're a bad teacher and everyone tells you you're a bad teacher and you don't really like going and you just sense it from people you're not gonna like it so i think that's you know that's a very mm. fundamental thing and so it you know it is helpful to pick something that you're that you're you're you're, you're good at yeah that I love that approach. Uh, like you said, so it, we think about it just a little bit, it just a little bit off. Right. And if yeah. you think about what are you good at? And I love the approach of asking other people like, cause, cause I'm the same way in my head. If somebody says, especially when I was younger, like, what are you good at? Uh, it's, uh, well, it's hard. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty good at, you know, a hockey or I'm pretty good. Like you think about different things, but you don't, that's like, yeah. But other people would say, no, you're really good at communication. You're really good at talking with people. You're really good at X, Y, Z. You can say, oh, okay. And and you'll realize that quickly, like, yeah, and I do love doing that. And I enjoy doing that. Okay. So now, now what are the career paths I can go down? What are the businesses I can open? What you know, what are the things I can do to actually be in that? So that that makes a lot of sense. Um what about like the the I don't know if you guys talk about this, uh, but the work kind of life work life balance. I kind of hate that uh, term, but you know what yeah. I mean. The the work life balance. What do you what do you see there? Yeah, I like it goes one of two ways. People are typically so passionate about their job they don't really care about anything else. Yeah, and so they just focus, and that's everything to them. It's not necessarily wrong, but um, it's challenging to maintain for all of your life, I would say, or, mm. or, you know, there tends to be, you know, you don't envy those people so much. And then I think there's also other people who just are very, like, almost too indifferent. Um, they're very, you know, even nine to five, nine to, or they're just trying to get out of work all the time. And, yeah, and I, I don't think either one is right. I think, I think it's somewhere in the middle. And that's, then the balance part of it, right? Of let's, let me do something that, I, I like doing, right? I think that's the key. I think you need really need to find something that you like doing so that it isn't quite the chore. And it's where easy for someone on a podcast to say that, but I think that's what you're doing. You're looking for it. It may take you years. You're on this crazy journey to find what that is for you, but putting yourself in that right place. It, it, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that it should be something that you need to, you know, be working 80 hours a week to really make it, you know, there are jobs that do that. And you know, you just, if you want to get in this field that you need to do, and for some people that's great and others, it just won't be. So I think, yes, there certainly is a balance for me. Like when I started in my career, I was working, you know, 80 to hundred hour weeks and, and I was, but I was young and I knew I didn't need as much sleep probably. And I just felt like I really needed to learn. Yeah. And yeah. that was just, it's sort of, and I was willing to give up everything, you know, not everything, but like my, you know, seeing my friends and family is frequently whatever to do that, but I couldn't sustain it. Like I, you know, I did, I did burn out. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to. And I think that's fine. I just think that, yeah, don't don't pick your whole life to be doing it. I think, it, you know, you certainly have to do what's right for you at the time, um, which, you know, I think can be and in, 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 as well, you know, finding that balance over time. Yeah, it's it. Well, and part of it exactly really just to reiterate what you said, like it, it's different for different people, too. You can't, you know, some people really need that or want that 
work life balance, right? They want to punch out and they want to do do things outside of work. And that's what they're constantly looking for. Others are just, they just want to work. And that's where they, that's where they really, you know, thrive. And it's not necessarily wrong. It has to work for you. And I think sometimes we get tunnel vision too, um, which can, which can be a bad thing. Like you said, burning out. Um, but yeah, the, the, the balance is the tough part for, for, I think me, for everybody. Um, I love part of my problem is I love doing everything. Like, yeah, I enjoy my business. I love hanging out with my family. I love playing sports. I, you know, like I've got too many things that I really enjoy. And so it's, it is tough to find kind of that time, that equilibrium there. So we're, we're actually able to do what we, you know, kind of what we want to do and, and what we need to do that makes us happy. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's about, it's again, you like you said, I agree. I don't love work balance, but it is, it's sort of like, how do I balance all those things for what I, you know, truly want and, and I'm enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk about kind of let, let's, let's spend a little bit here. Um, you know, kind of what you're doing, uh, you're working with these companies, explain, I guess, explain, uh, that more in detail of what your day-to-day job is. Yeah. So our, you know, my job is in, like, call it, and plus people have probably heard of it, investment banking, but really we're, you know, what our, our firm does is we're M&A advisors. Um, so when a company is looking to buy or sell, we, we, we get involved and they hire us effectively as consultants to do that. The most common situation is, I think, like I mentioned off the top, which is a founder. So you, you know, you've got it, you, you've started a business, you've got a business, you're the main majority shareholder and you want to exit. And you, you know, you want to retire potentially, or you've, you know, you've gone as far as you can in building this business. And so it's a critical time. Like most people might probably, you know, whoever do this, do it once, right. You're not getting that many opportunities to do it. So it's, you know, it's our job to, to work with, with them, um, work with these companies, we dress it up. So we try to say, okay, well, here's who we think are the most likely, you know, who would want to buy your business. Here are the key things to them. Let's you know collect the information we need. Let's put the story together. Let's um, uh, you know craft the materials. Let's think about all the facets around you know how you're going to do that. Because in some cases it might mean um, you know it, it may be a long process that that really upends your company for a while. Um, it may mean that once you go public with this and you start asking all of these uh, people in your industry if they want to buy you, they they see it as an opportunity to to you know steal your customers or, um, or you know because they're competitors, right? So um, there's a lot of facets around you know deciding and and, and selling and selling your business, and that's what we specialize in. That's what we do um, every day. So you're dealing with a lot of different companies. What are you seeing that the, uh, the most successful companies are doing to be able to position themselves for, you know, for a good exit? Um, I mean, number one is profitability. Um, it's really been, yeah. it was an interesting time. I would say through the, you know, 2020, 2021, uh, you know, you heard a lot of the venture capital stuff going on and mm. just, you know, money getting thrown at the next idea. And, uh, and really things have shifted in the last year, I would say where, you know, profitability and, and, you know, how, you know, what's the bottom line has really been the focus and, you know, not to just build a company to gain revenue, but to build a business that makes money, ongoing and an ongoing basis is defensible. And that's really what's been 
um, really, really, you know, the key focus of, of all the acquirers out there these, you know, these days. Um, but really, I think, you know, within any business, when you are gearing up for a sale, the key thing is to try to, and that's what we help because it sometimes can be hard because you don't normally think this way, but you're trying to think about who are my likely buyers who in a lot of cases, you know, might be customers, might be suppliers, might be, um, it may, may be financial investors. And then, you know, thinking through, okay, well, how do I position myself better? So I'm more attractive to them. Um, you know, how do I, how do I be the next thing that they're looking for? How do I build, you know, um, you know, you know, build in my business, these, these either relationships, these moats, these, whatever they might be that are going to become attractive that someone's going to be willing to, to, to pay, you know, for, for, and, and it's super helpful when you've got a business that multiple people want, i.e. where you've got, you know, a few of your call it bigger competitors who may, who are interested in, in, you know, whatever it might be the talent or the technology or the customers or whomever you, you know, whatever you have and articulating that and, you know, having a familiarity and having those competitors have a familiarity with you and, and an interest is, is, you know, all super important when it comes time to selling, because, you know, when, you know, your business is unique and when it does come up, you want it to be, you know, sort of special and people to see that. And, and that's usually, you know, how you can monetize the best and, and just, you know, see the highest multiple, I would say from, from a sale. Yeah. It, I, it's it kind of sounds like um, the, you know, real estate right now uh, as well. Like when you were just a few years ago, it sounds like people were maybe just buying more on idea pro forma, um, blue sky. Yeah. And now it's, Hey, we, <laughs> it's a cute idea, but what, what's the financials look like? Is that pretty accurate? Um, Yes. It, you know, certainly, yeah. Like in the venture space was unreal. Like the tech companies were unreal. Um, just how much it was just like, I have an idea. Okay. Here's, here's $10 million or something <laughs> to, to see if you can make it into something. And like, it's just not happening right now. This not nearly the same. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you, you gotta look, businesses have to make money and I've never understood, especially in the business world, but I've never understood like, how can you, pay for a business that's not making money. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Um I I'm sure people have good reasons for it. Uh yeah. but well look at look at like an Uber or an Amazon. Yeah. Like they didn't yeah. make money for a long time. Like it was yeah. crazy how long True. it was before you know they were actually you know they were just losing money. But but the whole idea was they're gaining market share. They are leading the market and then when they want to turn it on they can. And so but it's a big bet, right? It's a big bet yeah. that that that's going to happen and that they can be profitable. Yeah. And I guess, you know, that's, and that's where it is, right. That the Uber and something companies like that, where you say, Hey, yeah, here's the, the proof is in the pudding, you know, right. Yeah. It's you, if you could have bought Uber, you know, at in their infant stages, uh, you would, you'd be doing all right today. Okay. Uh, so that's what people get excited about, I suppose. Um, what for you, for you, what are, what are success habits that you are, are just like must have, whether, I guess, whether it's for you or for, for people, you, you know, business owners that you're dealing with or people on your podcast, but what are success habits that you think are must haves? So 
whether you like it or not, I'd say fin- understanding the financials around your business and and it can be your business or you as a person, um, super important, I would say. Like, I, I, it's unbelievable how many businesses I get into and it's, you know, someone who is a, you know, a marketing person or they are just, you know, they're super great engineer, but they don't understand the financials around what they're doing and their business. And like, anyways, that's take an Excel course, take a financial, like you just, you know, absolutely, there's so much out there. You just have to be conscious of. And I think that's honestly, probably the number, you know, the one thing that I, that I see or the simple advice, you know, simple advice. Um, I also think that um, people, everyone reacts a bit differently, but I, I would say like, you know, relationships are super important in business and industry and in whatever. And I, th- I think we, you know, I wouldn't say we all devalue them, but we can have a sense to devalue them where we're just in a relationship to sort of get something out of it. And, you know, when we meet someone and we're like, ah, they can't give me the thing that I want. All right, Mm. we'll forget about this. And it's like, they could just be friends. Like they could just, you know, it's hard (laughs) to know, right? Like you could just, you can develop a relationship. You can like someone, you can want to hang out with them. And, you know, I I don't think, you know, it doesn't all have to be about that. I think it can be. And and I think, you know, you'll see over time that, you know, successful people sort of do that. They just put themselves around. It'll happen, I guess is what I should say. Um, and, And because I think to me, you know, success has different definitions. We can we can put it solely on this idea that um, it's, you know, how much when you die, how much is in your bank account? And like that, that could be our, our, our gauge of success, but it also could be how many friends you have, how many people show up at your funeral, how many, yeah. like, you know, whatever it yeah. might be. And, and I think that, you know, along the way, we got to think about some of those things what, as, as you know, we go about what we're doing. And what's cool about the world of work now, and like, it relies on relationships. Like you do, you are going to be better at your job. Your business is going to be better if, you have, you know, relationships. So I'd say, you know, that, and then maybe the last one is just like, you know, asking dumb questions and, and not being afraid to be dumb. I I've struggled with this my entire life. I've always wanted to portray being really smart um, for whatever reason. And so it's made me be quiet probably in a lot of situations where I'm just like, I'm just not going to say anything because I don't really know what's going on here. But I think you just learn so much more when you're willing to do that, when you're willing to just ask those questions and it can be, Hey, I'm a, you know, you can be the CEO of a giant company. You need to ask, like, you need to be asking questions more than anyone, right? Um, and you can be a, you know, a, a graduate of a university, whatever it might be. Um, just, you know, asking questions, making sure you understand, you know, getting all the, I mean, it's just super important. Yeah, that last one is, I think, challenging for everybody, right? Because because you don't want to be perceived as not being knowledgeable. And I think the higher that. up, yeah. yeah, and the higher up you are, like, most people that are at a higher and higher level, they want to ask less and less questions or they feel like they should ask less and less questions. And I think that truly successful people are asking the questions, but it's just, it's an ego thing. That's all it is. It's it's an ego thing. It's like, I don't want to sound like I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to ask that question. Um, And it doesn't help. It doesn't help anybody in the end. Right. No, certainly, it, it totally is a confidence thing. Yeah, you get, but eventually you reach past it. Where you're like, I'm just going to ask this question. You know, I'm just going to, I just need to because I, you know, I, and and uh, incredible what you learn. Yep, yep, absolutely. Mo- most of the time, nobody thinks you're dumb for asking the question. So just ask the question. Uh, what's a mistake that that you've made, and how have you learned from? It? How can you teach our audience? Yeah. So, I mean, across my kind of career journey, um, and, and I don't know if it wasn't, um, it was a mistake, I guess, in some ways, but one that I probably needed to make, which was sort of, you know, I, I left my, my left my job uh, to go, you know, f- f- found a business effectively, um, or work in day to day in a business. And, you, you know, I would say that 
it was one of these things where, you know, as my role, I am advising all these founders all the time, working with entrepreneurs. And I, I like envied them, right? Like I, I was just like, Hey, this is really cool. I really want to start my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, I've got family members who started them as I just, I really glamorized it in a lot of ways. And the mistake I made was just sort of thinking that, um, that, you know, what I had wasn't enough or wasn't accomplished enough or whatever, because it's, it's, it's incredible once you get into a new role, when you are kind of an entrepreneur, just how like everything, all the problems just fall on you. Like every, it's kind of nonstop. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. Um, but I, you know, I just, I wasn't good at that. I, I was not good. And it was certainly a failure of mine of sort of being on top of it. And, you know, I can think of certain things like, where I just, I almost like didn't think of the worst case scenario because I was just like, I, I, you know, I would just, that is the stories you hear. You read, you read the story of, I just read the, the Nike book, um, uh, shoe dog with Phil Knight. And he's like, you know, basically going bankrupt every, yeah, every other every, week. He's, yeah, you know, he runs out of money right. constantly. And he's like, but look at me now I'm Nike. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But a lot of companies do that and they go bankrupt. Like it's not, yeah. it, you know, you do hear and you again, glamour romanticize these stories about how, yeah. how great it was. And so, you know, I think I just, that was probably been my biggest mistake of just sort of these like rose colored glasses around, Hey, what I could do and what I, what I really wanted, you know, wanted to do. And so, you know, me getting into that, into that role, into the business and not thinking or being not thinking enough, probably about some of the downside things that could happen. Some of the risks that are in like a food business and all that was probably, you know, something that, you know, if I was advising someone, I would absolutely tell them. And and for me, I just, you know, I thought I was, I don't know, thought I was too smart or thought I, you know, it wouldn't happen to me because it's going to work out. And sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, we're sitting here on a podcast, right? And and so I think these podcasts, a lot of podcasts have glamorized to an extent becoming an entrepreneur and how everybody needs to do it and, and everybody should become an entrepreneur. You can get wealthy and you can have time, freedom, all this kind of stuff. But they forget to mention you can go bankrupt. You can be miserable. You can be working 120 hours a week, uh, more more hours than what the day allows. I mean, you forget to talk about that kind of stuff and the grind that being an entrepreneur truly is and the risk factors that you're taking on. Um, what do you think about kind of that, I don't know, glamorization? I mean, you've kind of already mentioned it, but it should everybody become an entrepreneur doesn't make sense for everybody to become an entrepreneur. Oh, definitely not. I, I, you yeah. know, again, I thought I was someone who would totally be, and now I am fully enjoying not being, um, you know, I, I the, the big challenge for me was not sleeping. Uh, there reached a certain point and it was, you know, more financial trouble where like, I, I honestly couldn't sleep. Like I was just, I was, cause the business was like, it was a food office catering business pandemic happened. I had no idea what was going going to yeah. happen. You know, what was yeah. going on, the well, fate of the business, business completely shut down. What it was gonna... like all my customers were, you know, it was like, a, in the course of a week, everyone canceled. And that was, you know, it was revenue went from, you know, up high to down, you know, to nothing basically. So yeah, just incredibly stressful. And so, yeah, you have to live, you know, you have to live with that as a, as an entrepreneur and that risk. And that just sort of really just falls on, on you. And the, the challenge then was like, okay, well, we slowly started to come back and, and come up with other business uh, areas to to you know different products and different things and different areas to kind of go in that were sort of tangential to what we were doing but 
then it was like, well, do I really want to, you know, am I scraping together another $20,000 so I can go pursue this? Am I, am I just going, digging myself a deeper hole or yeah. am I coming out of it? And it, it is very hard to know and just very stressful. So, I mean, I, I think when you do hear about it and we do, you know, it is out there. And it's certainly, you know, there's, there's so much out there around, um, you know, here, the number of these businesses fail and, um, you, you know, you got to think of the downside and like, it's not for everyone and all that. And I, that's all like very, you know, very true. I think where I am trying to, I think, especially with just in, in, in my conversations, as I listen to people, whatever podcast, I think trying to instill upon these people that, you know, just because you hate your boss and your job today, or, um, you know, you're not, you haven't found the purpose. It doesn't mean that you have to go and be your own boss or you have to go start a company. It might be, and it might be the right thing to do, but, um, you know, it could just mean a different job. It could just mean something that you need to get in a very different role. It could mean that you go back to school and try something else. Like there are a lot of options out there for us where, um, you know, we don't have to risk it all per se on our own, you know, brand new from scratch business. And I think, you know, I, I learned that mistake probably the hard way. Yeah. 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 It's, um, you know, I love people pushing entrepreneurship because I think it's an amazing path, but it certainly is not the path for everybody. It, in my opinion, it's not the path for the vast majority of people. It takes a different mindset and it just, it's just a different path. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> You gotta have thick skin, and even when you do, it sometimes it still doesn't work out. You need luck too, and uh, and, and, and yeah, I mean, incredible. Think about what happened though. to you. I mean, talk <laughs> talk about talk about the opposite. I mean, right? You had a pandemic hit, and and you were literally catering uh, food to these uh, offices. And what happened? Like there was no more offices anymore. Yeah. And even when the offices started, people started to come back into the offices. It was a totally different environment there. And up until, I mean, really just recently, and it's not even back to normal, but we're kind of back to norm, normal-ish, but it's, it's totally different. And so you had this like black swan event and there's always going to be black swan events that hit and it hit directly into what you were doing. And, and it, that was really out of your control. And so it's luck or, or the lack of luck that can sometimes play a huge role in whether you're successful or not. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So, so. Well, cool. Um, I got a couple last questions uh, before we wrap up, Greg. Uh, what, one question is, what's a favorite book that you can pass down to our listeners? Um, so I really like the four hour work week. I'm a big Tim Ferriss guy. And uh, and I just, again, you can kind of go back to that book. And um, it just, I think for what I do and sort of the the perspective that uh, that I have and the angle, I think it's a, it's it's probably the one I recommend more <laughs> more than any. That's a book I got to go back and and read because it, it it's a book that when I first picked it up I was like ah, this, is, this book's not for me I'm not going to work four hours in a week but that's not what the book is about at all. No, it took me a long time. I've after, enough people recommend it. I'm like I exact same reaction and then yeah. I read it and I'm like okay this is yeah <laughs> yeah yeah if if that's what yeah. you're thinking if you're thinking you're going to read that book and then you're only going to be working four hours a week don't read that book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So cool for our work week. What's, what's, um, last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? So I, I would say for me, it would be 
finding something you like doing. I think it's, it's, you know, to that, it's not, you know, you're, you're, that's, that is work that is work related, obviously, where you're, you know, sort of being able to generate an income for yourself and that you, that you love doing. And I think that's, you know, probably the number one pillar for me. Um, And, you know, tying into then probably kind of the second would just be around, um, I think surrounding yourself with people that are of like mind who, you know, if you, if you really want to make more money, like if you, you know, if you're sort of like, if you feel like you're short or you don't know something, just slowly surround yourself with people that are of that mindset or in that, um, you know, that, 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 you know, of that perspective. Right. I think, I think that can, um, you know, it's this less direct um, invest in real estate is a very direct way of saying it. This is a more like, just start learning about it. Just be in the zone of people who are talking this way. Um, and then I'd say, and I'd say the the um, the third is if you actually really want to create wealth, it can't be something that we don't talk about or that we're afraid to actually put numbers to. Hmm. So you can't just be like, and we're afraid to do it, right? We're very afraid to go to drinks with one of our very good friends and talk about how much we make. We're very, you know, we're we're much more predisposed to um, talk about the the stock we invested in that went up a hundred percent than the one that went down, you know, eighty percent. But to actually be really good at creating wealth, you have to talk about both because you learn so much more by the loss, and you need to talk about it. You need to give it justice and airtime and yeah. all that. So, so I'd say, uh, you know, the more you are willing to talk about it, like actually mention numbers and less afraid and whatever, I think. Like someone will just, it, it's incredible. As soon as you start doing that, someone will, you know, smack you in the face with some, because as soon as you tell them what you make in a salary, it's coming back to you and then you're into it. If yeah. you're afraid to share something, you're never going to get anywhere um, because you're just going to talk about generalities and, and and leave that discussion being like, that person seems really smart and really rich and and better than me. And, and you just, you don't know until you ask, until you actually get into the details. Yeah, no, I love that. It's, it's, and I think it, you know, look, most people are just, that's how they're raised. You don't talk about money um, and you don't you know, ask people what they make. I mean, I was always like, I remember as a kid asking somebody how much they made my mom and dad, like just that was the, the worst thing I ever did. Right. Um, man, I could have smacked somebody upside the head. That would have been more acceptable than asking somebody how much they made. Uh, but, you know, it, why, why, why do we need to hide it too? And I think, uh, it comes with also some, you know, just, just being, um, mindful about how you're approaching it. Right. If you're braggadocious about it, that is obnoxious. Right. But if you're having a good conversation with people, it should be able to come out. You should be able to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're making these huge bets on stuff or like, don't wait, like, you know, talk, talk to people about it, so, you know, mention it, Um, it, you know, not where you're revealing confidential information or giving something up, but just saying like, Hey, I'm, you know, I've just, I got a $20,000 bonus at work and I'm going to put it into this. Like, you know, there's going to be a friend out there that says, you're an idiot. You should do it. That you put it in this. And like, <laughs> if you didn't tell them, you'd never have that discussion. So yep. like, you know, throw it out there and, 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 you know, it's ultimately your decision, but you're going to have more information to work with if you, if you're open about it. Love it. Love it. Hey, Greg, how can our listeners uh, get in touch with you? Uh, listen to your podcast, you know, learn more about what you got going on. Yeah, probably two ways. Like lifetimeatwork.com is the website, um, but you can also find or subscribe, uh, follow whatever on, uh, you know, Spotify, Apple, every, you know, wherever you get podcasts. And then um, I'm on LinkedIn probably more than anything in terms of the 
you know, social channels. So, you know, you can follow me or, or add connect with me on, uh, on LinkedIn and happy to chat about where I've got anyways, I talk nonstop about this stuff um, all the mm-hmm. time. So happy to, to provide any advice. And I do a lot of that with, uh, with people of all different kinds and, and uh, it's not my job. I'm not a coach. I'm not whatever. I'm just kind of an observer trying to figure it out for myself as well. Love it. Greg, I uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate the honesty and the openness here. It's been a good conversation and lots uh, that our listeners can take from this. So thanks a lot. appreciate it. And you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, And also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.